Hello, I am so excited that you are here. I am Dr. Christine LaRocca, and you are listening to episode number 10 on moving your body. So if you haven't yet, make sure that you get signed up for one of my intensive weight loss workshops. This is only a one hour investment of your time and an investment of your money of $37. This is a steal. This investment will be life changing. Right now, there are seven dates and times available. I am only allowing 10 people per session to make sure that you get the most out of this. So I want you to make sure that you get your seat if you want one, because they will sell out quick. And if you jump over there now, you can even get your friends in the same group with you if you forward them the link. So I will drop the link in the show notes so you have easy access to that. Also, I just want to add a disclaimer here that even though I'm a medical doctor, I am not your doctor. So the things that I teach about are not to be used as medical advice. You should consult your own physician to discuss what is best for you personally. Okay, so let's dive into today's material. So when most people think about exercise, they imagine things like running on a treadmill, doing aerobics or weightlifting. These are all correct. Yes, those are examples of exercise. However, exercise is also so much more. If running on the treadmill has you feeling like a hamster on a wheel, there are other options. There are even hidden ways of getting exercise that don't feel like exercise at all. Exercise is defined as physical activity to sustain or improve health and fitness. So before we discuss ways of getting your body moving, let's talk about the many benefits that increased physical activity can have on your life. You may be surprised to find out that it isn't limited to weight loss. So what are the benefits? Exercise improves mood. Have you ever heard the term runner's high? Ask anyone who has a regular exercise routine and they'll all tell you how great that they feel after they work out. Not only is there a sense of accomplishment, but there's a scientific reason why. When you exercise, you stimulate the natural endorphins in your brain. So you get that ah feeling when you're done. And sometimes you might even feel amped up to want to work more towards your goals. Another benefit of exercise is improved sleep. Chances are you've been to a party, a barbecue, or a beach outing where children are all running around really hyper and having a really good time. Parents will usually make a comment about how well the children will be sleeping that night. It's really true. Studies have shown that an increase in physical activity can be directly linked to the amount of slow wave sleep that you get. Slow wave sleep refers to that deep sleep where the brain and the body both have a chance to rejuvenate. Exercise can also lead to a decrease in pain. Maybe you've heard the term, a body in motion stays in motion and a body at rest stays at rest. If you suffer from arthritis or another painful syndrome, you may equate movement with pain. However, you may also realize that when you get moving, you do feel better. So making an effort to continuing to move throughout the day can actually decrease your pain that day and over time. But please check in with your doctor to see if exercise is a good idea for your particular ailment. 
Exercise can also improve your cardiovascular health. This means it can decrease your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. So this works in a few ways. It can reduce blood pressure and triglycerides, which are a specific type of cholesterol. And it can also improve your blood sugar, reducing the risk of prediabetes or type 2 diabetes or improving type 2 diabetes for those already diagnosed. A Cochrane review compared 14 randomized controlled trials that had 377 participants. And this showed a decrease in blood sugars with the three-month average decreasing 0.6 percentage. So let me explain what this means. A Cochrane review is something that medical professionals use to look at a bunch of scientific studies and validate them. The three-month average of your blood sugar is called a hemoglobin A1C. Anybody with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes is likely familiar with this term. So this just looks at what your average is over three months. To have a diagnosis of prediabetes, your number needs to be 5.7. To have a diagnosis of diabetes type 2, this number needs to be 6.5. So that's just giving you some reference around what that 0.6% decrease means. It can be really substantial with exercise. Exercise also helps to improve brain functioning. It improves blood flow to the brain, which also reduces inflammation, lowers the level of stress hormones, and decreases the risk of cognitive impairment that can eventually lead to dementia and Alzheimer's. Now, increased exercise also decreases fat tissue and increases muscle mass. The most obvious and well-known reason that people exercise is to decrease fat increase strength, and sometimes change in physical appearance. So think of your body like a furnace. Exercising will ignite this furnace and use those stored fat cells as energy to fuel the physical activity. The more physical activity, the more fat is burned for fuel. However, it is important to note that you cannot outrun a poor diet. This makes sense when you think about it. If you eat poorly, meaning a large amount of refined carbohydrates and sugars, such as breads, pastas, chips, tortillas, this will cause a surplus of fat storage. You can only burn through so many fat cells through exercise. You have to pay attention to your diet as well. So what evidence do we have? There's actually a national weight control registry of more than 10,000 people that has shown that people who are successful at losing weight and maintaining weight loss exercise consistently. Now, this doesn't show a direct cause and effect. It didn't show that exercise directly was responsible for all of their weight loss. There were many factors that went into this, mostly nutritional. So I'm not going to go into the details on this podcast, but the link to the data will be in the show notes. But the takeaway from this is that for those that were able to not only achieve their weight loss goals, but were able to sustain it for at least a year, they exercised consistently. So what types of activities count as body movement? 
literally all things. The things that don't count are a lot of times I hear, well, I have a really physically demanding job. Like I do a packing and shipping or I move heavy materials or I walk around the office a lot. When I'm talking about movement, I'm talking about something you're deliberately saying that I'm doing this as part of my overall well-being and I'm setting aside time to do this. Because likely, if you have been physically active at work, you're already conditioned to the level of that work. And your body isn't going above and beyond and burning any more fat cells. It's not going above and beyond and increasing the blood flow in the same way that it could be if you dedicated that specific time to an exercise. So here are some examples. I have so many, but I want to just give you about 100 that I have. No, I'm just kidding. But I I have a lot. So here are some examples kayaking, rowing, hiking, simply walking, but setting a time for walking, not walking around the office, jogging, running, biking, skating, rollerblading in the wintertime, skiing, snowboarding, riding on the elliptical or stationary bike, lifting weights, body weight, strength training with exercises such as squats, planks, push-ups, crunches, doing a quadruplex, which strengthens your core doing bodyweight cardio, jumping jacks, burpees, mountain climbers, jumping rope, dancing, stretching, swimming, rock climbing with belaying or bouldering, playing sports, golf, even golf will get a ton of steps in. And if you're walking and carrying that bag, that's a good workout. Tennis, baseball, softball, wiffle ball, there are also exercise classes. I've recently learned about aquasize, which is water-based aerobics, Zumba, Orange Theory, CrossFit, Beachbody. Specifically, I love Payo. I'm not paid to endorse them. Yoga. Yoga has so many therapeutic effects for our body and mind. I personally love Sarah Beth Yoga. Also not paid to endorse her. I just love her classes. Um, you can do yoga online or in person. There's truly yoga studio here in it, where I live in Pike Creek, Delaware. Kripalu is a retreat center, a yoga retreat center in Massachusetts. That is absolutely fabulous. So there are many ways to do yoga. There's also a program called refit that kind of combines, um, aerobics and Zumba class, kickboxing, try a personal trainer. This week, I just hired my first personal trainer. Her name is Lisa Munn. We actually went to high school together, played volleyball together, and we're absolutely best friends. So she is absolutely amazing. She works at Anytime Fitness in Hocassin, Delaware, and she has also created her own business called Rise Above, where she helps women who are survivors of breast cancer help to achieve their personal fitness goals and to be able to maximize their lifestyle for their health. And so I will also put those links in the show notes if you want to reach out to her or get in contact with her. For those of you who are not local, um, she does have virtual programs, so she can be accessed anywhere. Also, not paid to endorse Lisa. I just tell you things I love. All right. So how can you get started? First and foremost, choose a start date. This is important. Pick a date, write it in the calendar, stick to it. Choose the number of days per week that you're going to commit. If you're new to exercise, start smaller and increase as you go according to your comfort level. Then plan your activity. 
if you're not sure what you like, use some of the things that I just went through and try each one. Work your way down. You'll expose yourself to some new things and increase the potential of really falling in love with something. Then it won't feel like exercise at all. And that is the goal. Decide how much time you're going to give yourself for exercise. Again, if you're new, I would start smaller and work your way up. So start with 30 minutes or less of low impact movement a day and then increase as your strength increases. The most important part to this is writing it in your calendar, scheduling a date with yourself to make sure you show up, show up for yourself like you would show up for a dinner date. Having your intentions written on the calendar for you to see makes it easier to stick with it. So here's some tips to go forward. Setting a goal will help keep you on track. I have a whole section on goals in my free weight loss workbook. And then there's also some really good information in the blog section and previous podcasts. Start slow, like I said, and gradually increase to avoid injury. I'm telling you, you can't do the same things that you could do when you're 18. You know, for army fitness tests, when we were 19, 20 years old, we could roll out of bed, never have trained for a second in our life and, and been able to pass it. Now, side note, this is the previous army test because they have recently created a new fitness test that is very challenging. So you will see all of the reasons for that on my Facebook page, why I started training with Lisa. Um, another tip is sign up for an event, try a 5k. You can walk it or jog it, sign up for the event with some friends to, for some accountability, and then try some other classes with friends, try a Zumba class, go to a lake and, and try out a kayak or a canoe where you can have two people paddling. So try things you've never tried and you will get results that you've never gotten. That's what I have for you today. I'm so excited that you are here and listen to this podcast. I hope that it can help you along your weight loss journey. I'll talk to you next week, but in the meantime, make the most out of this one.